is a Friday afternoon. It's a pretty one. It's a pretty one. I hope uh, I hope Curtis Quillen, our next guest, can find somebody to work this weekend. Curtis will probably have some honeydew type things going on, uh, and uh, especially since he's been staying up late at the at the at the uh, station watching these games, not coming home uh, in a timely manner. <laughs> but uh, I. Curtis, I noticed that Nikki uh, uh, Natarulo, the uh, the award-winning uh, reporter there at KCEN Channel Six, was commenting on the gorgeous weather uh, and you know how unbelievable this is. I I do not know if you're going to get much out of Nikki this weekend. The weather is too pretty, and and I, I again I don't pretend to know what Nikki does on the weekend, but it just seems like. Like reporting is the last thing on her mind right now, based on her tweets. I'm not going to lie; it's kind of the last thing on my mind. I want to be outside right now, but uh, you know, I'm kind of in that college basketball mode still, so I'm hesitant to go shoot a high school baseball game tonight. But I also know this is beautiful weather, and if I can find an excuse to get to get outside in it, uh, yeah. then I just might have to find my way down to a, to a high school baseball field tonight. But, no, it's gorgeous. I love this time of year because the weather's always kind of uh, – it, it always starts getting like this this time of year, and it's just so much fun to be outside during it. Now, I think you, with some help from Jack Allen, local rabble-rouser, uh, TV aficionado, were, were getting on to me a little bit last night via Twitter. I <laughs> try not to predict things that often, but – for some reason, I had the strong feeling that Gonzaga would find a way and that Arkansas uh, would not prevail. And, and I think at the time I threw that out there, it was, about a, it was like 59, 56, or maybe 49, 46. It was, it was within reason what, what I was feeling. But, man, y'all gave me uh, the blues for that, and I hope you, I hope you uh, appreciate the fact I, it occurred to me that the way that thing was going, especially when that kid hit the three, that put him up by like eight or nine, I think it was 49-40, to maybe sneak back in there and delete that tweet. But that seemed very cowardly. So I left it up and took my medicine. So I hope you can appreciate that even while you were making fun of me. I, I do, and honestly, I, I think your take was entirely reasonable. I wasn't the one who had the uh, the issue with your first take. I kind of thought the same thing. I thought Gonzaga would fight its way back in as well, uh, but apparently it handled Arkansas punching it in the mouth, uh, proverb, uh, proverbially speaking, of course, um, the same way it handled Baylor doing it last year in the national championship game, and, the, and that is uh, not well because it just could not, you know, it would – it would do something good and then two other things that would go Arkansas's way. And so it was just not Gonzaga's night. And, you know, there's people saying that, oh, well, Gonzaga's fraudulent. I don't think that if you make a sweet 16 and you're the top overall seed and it's part of a seven-year stretch where you've been a one seed three or four times and made two national championship games, uh, I don't think at that point you're fraudulent. I think you just got a, a matchup that you didn't do what you should have done with it. I think you just got beat. You know, yeah. Baylor had the same thing happen. Baylor was a one seed and is not playing this weekend. And so you just got beat. That doesn't make Baylor fraudulent. Uh, and so 
I think it was a really good performance from Arkansas, but I don't think you were alone in that first one specifically because I know I thought the same thing, like, yeah, Gonzaga is going to creep back in and, you know, win this thing on the back end and then lose to Duke on Saturday. That was my original thought. Uh, that was what I had on my bracket since Selection Sunday was Gonzaga getting to the Elite Eight, losing to Duke. Chilling with Quillen, Curtis Quillen, Channel 6 Sports Director, joining us on the Matt Mosley Show. Uh, I... I... I, it's it's bittersweet to see Scott Drew on that TBS uh, desk because it's fun to see him on there. Scott's doing a fine job, but man, one of my most enduring or ende- well, not certainly what endearing enduring uh, joke series was making fun of Jay Wright. How like set by the second <laughs> weekend he was always in the studio. And, you know, he, he dressed in such a gorgeous way, had great uh, Italian suits. And, of course, then he messed it up by winning two national titles. So he just ruined. But for years on Dallas radio, I I always made fun of Jay Wright. And, and um, I'm hoping Scott will not become a regular, although it's I think it's a, it's a reasonable decision to go do that. It's good for Baylor, all of that kind of stuff. Boy, did you see – I mean, Scott's hair looks amazingly dark. Did you notice that? It may have just been my TV screen. I mean, that is some. I, that's a. That is pretty remarkable to be, you know, age fifty-two, and to have such incredibly dark hair. It's. Uh, it. I, I will say it looked the same to me, but maybe I didn't look that closely. Okay. Um, I All thought, right. I, I'll be honest. Also, I uh, while he was on TBS, like. You know, I'm working, but I've got both games on at my desk. We're for, uh, fortunate enough to have a couple of different televisions in, in the sports department here at Channel 6. And so had one on TBS, one on CBS, and had the uh, Villanova-Michigan game on uh, TBS early where I could hear it and was just watching, you know, keeping up with Gonzaga and Arkansas. But then as soon as it was over, I changed the audio over to the West Regional, which obviously was on CBS last night. And so I didn't hear much of Scott until after the Houston Arizona game was over, but I thought he was great on the air. Um, I'm impressed that he still, ha- he still owns a suit because I'm sure you noticed it this season, Mosley, that uh, he wore about 900 different quarter zips is what it felt like. And they were, um, they were awesome quarter zips to the point where I think I asked John Morris in Fort Worth if he could hook me up with one uh, because they, they were really, really nice Nike quarter zips and I would wear those too. Um, but you know, and you mentioned Jay Wright, one of the sharpest dress coaches in college basketball back when, uh, you know, college basketball coaches were donning the suits and yeah, man, his tailor is famous there in Philadelphia, uh, because yeah. of his suits, he dresses so well, like I could not pull off pinstripe suits or pinstripe suits the way that well, uh, Jay Wright does. Of course and you can. I, you're like, because you're shaped man. like me. You're shaped like me. There's certain suits we need to wear. Now, both of us have at some point in our life been semi-athletic. And so we, there's, I think there are certain suits we can do. But, yes, I don't think the, the, the pinstripes, if you're a bigger man like we are, pinstripes accentuates that. All right, and uh, exactly. Uh, but again, you're you're not you're you're kind of like half the man you used to be, and I mean that in a very positive, in a very positive fashion. <laughs> Talking to uh, Curtis Quillen, you can't wear Baylor stuff, by the way. Even I, can, I mean, I'm a fourth generation Baylor guy, but I don't show up at Baylor events. Of course, in my 
my Baylor gear. Curtis, you cannot be seen around town in a Baylor quarter zip. People would be like, oh, my gosh, look, he's showing favoritism. You have to remain impartial as sports director at Channel 6. But that speaks to how nice that quarter zip was because I know that. I agree with you. But it was nice. That one that he was wearing, uh, I want to say it was for the second round game against North Carolina. That was a really nice quarter zip, man. Golly. I tell you. Um, I 21 now, of them, 22 of them at home. I feel like I'm kind of an expert in this field. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like the um, – I like the uh, what, what's the kind? I, I got a lot, a lot of shirts. Anyway, I'll think of it in a minute. There's, there's a certain. I, I like Travis Matthew, but there's another one that's really well known on the PGA Tour, and for some reason, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm going. I'm drawing a blank on it. I'll think of it. I'll think of it as we move forward. Talking to Curtis Quillen, sports director at uh, Channel Six. Big fan of the quarter zip, the pullover, and. Um, uh, we, we're talking, Curtis, it's going to be interesting this, you know, I love all the men's, uh, action Saturday. I'm going to stop down at about five 30 cause I want to see how the South Dakota, uh, coyotes, I want to see how they continue to do on their March because they knocked out the bears, knocked out our bears or my bears, mm-hmm. but that Don Plu, uh, Plitzewski or Plitzu. Yeah. Don, she is. She can flat out coach. I'm very, very impressed with that team. Yeah. So that will be interesting. By the way, read the Waco Trib today. Uh, if you get a chance, Chad Conine, our good friend and beat writer, just had him on the other day. Chad covers the Baylor women, does a nice job. Took a little poke at Kim Mulkey's uh, what she was wearing the other night. It compared her to Stevie Nicks. Now, I, I would take that as a compliment. I would take Stevie Nicks. Now, that for people that are a little bit too young to remember, that's a member of Fleetwood Mac. Stevie Nicks is now 73 years old. But uh, that I, I don't want to get too far into this right now. But, but Curtis, just if you haven't read that, take a little peek. I mean, there was the there okay. were some pokes being taken at our, our beloved Kim, uh, the, 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 the person who could end up being the Naismith Coach of the Year for what she did at LSU. So... I was um, I was surprised. I it was uh, it, what's interesting though. I'll say this about Chad Conine. Bryce ought to let him have columns because the man I've only known him to be like real straight arrow right down the middle kind of guy. He had some he had some strong opinions. So I would uh, I would consider giving him a column after uh, reading this. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, and now Curtis. Uh, uh, as we uh, – oh, f- spring football. I got very excited. Now, I know you've been having to anchor, and you've got to send your reporters out there to see all that. Uh, but it's fun, isn't it, to not only have football going on again, to get to talk to some of these assistant coaches. And then I would say, uh, Curtis, that this becomes one of the most intriguing – maybe the most intriguing – now, the, the Quinn Ewers thing intrigues me but, – but probably the most intriguing quarterback battle in the Big 12 – and one of the most in the country, reading those comments from the quarterbacks and Sean Bell. Did you, and and I know you put some of that on your uh, your your broadcast last night. What were your biggest takeaways? Watching uh, Dave Aranda's press conference from Tuesday because Nikki went to practice Tuesday, I went yesterday. Yeah. So watching Aranda's press conference on Tuesday, which I saw that you were there, and I'm I, I'm sure you picked up on this as well. Um, 
it kind of felt like Gary Bohannon is the clubhouse leader going into spring ball and at least in the locker room. And so, okay, the coaching staff thinks Bohannon's the favorite. And as long as he doesn't, as long as Shapin doesn't surpass him, then it'll be Gary Bohannon trotting out with the first team uh, when fall camp opens in August and likely on September 3rd when the Albany Great Danes come to Waco. Now, in watching practice yesterday and in filming practice yesterday, uh, I, I walked away pretty impressed with Blake Shapin. Um, and I'm not saying that as a knock on, on Bohannon. I'm just, you know, in the little bit that I got to watch of the quarterback, the little 15 minutes that they opened it up to the media, um, I walked away really impressed with, uh, with Blake Shapin, his, his uh, throwing velocity, his accuracy, his footwork, and his, uh, just basically his presence on the field, listening to his cadence. It was up there with, with Bohannon. Um, and I know certainly you could have the discussion of which one was more comfortable yesterday. Um, but, you know, yesterday's one day, one practice. And even then we were only there for 15 minutes of one two-hour practice. And so you have to take that with a grain of salt because we're also not in the weight room with them. We're not in the meeting room with them. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting quarterback battle and it, it definitely feels like talking to everybody that Bohan is the leader, but they definitely think there's a shot that Shapin could win the job. Um, and it, I'm really interested to see what winds up happening throughout the rest of the camp. That's just where I'm at right now, but we're only two practices in Matt. And so there's a lot of football left to be played in the spring. And then there's a whole lot more to come uh, once late July gets around and they start opening up camp. I love it. I love it, Curtis. Anytime you start talking about which quarterback's cadence you like and, and the way he's barking out the signals and that kind of thing, that is the keen eye and keen ear that we've come to expect from Curtis Quillen. And, uh, and I, I, I do kind of like also, have you noticed on the Baylor social media Twit uh, the uh, the uh, Twitter and then as well as maybe some Instagram although I don't go on there the they they make it a point to never show like more footage of one of the quarterbacks than the other <laughs> it's like if you show <laughs> Shapin you got to show some Gary and so they're uh, but uh, it's gonna be fun we've got pro day coming up Baylor's pro day and uh, Dennis Polian and that crew I think Dennis. Uh, it has helped with his connections to the NFL. It's also helped that Matt Rule brought in, you know, incredible athletes. And then, of course, uh, uh, Grimes and Sean and all the guys that have worked with them. But Baylor is getting more and more attention from NFL types. And somebody told me today, my man in the field, they let it be known to me, Curtis, that 53, right now there are 53 uh, in, members of the NFL, whether that be a scout or executive or whatever, that have uh, secured credentials for uh, Pro Day. Now, I, I'll follow up with uh, oh, wow. our man David Kay, because David's probably like, well, Mosley, where'd you get that? Um, and David may say, well, Mosley, that's not enough or that's too much. I don't think he'll say too much, but that's a pretty big number, 53. And I was at last year's Pro Day, and I would say – there, you know, the the handful of media outnumbered the NFL executives. So fifty three is pretty dang impressive. And I'm also impressed that they're not starting it super early in the morning, which probably opens it up a little bit more for 
availability for more pro teams to come to pro day. Uh, we'll have it covered here. I know, I know I'll mad. I imagine that I'll see you at pro day as well next week. Um, this will be a, it's really interesting because this is probably the best pro, the best class that Baylor has had as far as NFL draft prospects um, going into an NFL draft since I've been working here at KCEN. I'm very interested to see where guys like Jalen Petrie and uh, and company go during uh, the draft process. Obviously, uh, was it Tyquan Thornton who just exploded during the 40 at the combine? Yeah. Um, and so this is, this is to me, the best, most promising NFL draft prospect class Baylor has had since I've been working here. So pro day, I think I'm not surprised. Uh, I won't be surprised if that number, uh, is at least in the ballpark and likely will be true, uh, next Wednesday morning. And then, uh, we'll see what kind of times and numbers these guys pump out and, what are we a month from the draft mostly? So it's, it's, we're, we're, we're getting there. Getting closer, uh, by the day. And, uh, what time, by the way, does it start? You know, I haven't really, uh, started doing all my planning. Do, do we know, is it like, uh, I, I, cause I do have a major conflict sadly in the morning. What, what's the start time on pro day? Uh, I think it's just before lunch Wednesday. I'll uh, I'll double check the email. Okay. I'll text it to you, but I mean, you got to be there by eight thirty. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, you know, us us media folk, we operate on the same jacked up schedules these uh, these sports got these these scouts and these executives do. And yeah. So we're you know nine a.m. is early, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's uh, that's most people's like six a.m. is our nine a.m. Yep. So that's great, and that's great, and it looks like they're just kind of probably looking out for the media, uh, and uh, it'll be uh, that'll be a great scene out there, and I cannot wait to uh, to hear the stories and uh, and get the great reports from Baylor Pro Day. Curtis, always fun. Uh, enjoy your hoops tonight, or covering some local baseball, whatever you choose to do. I appreciate it, Matt. Enjoy your weekend, my friend. All right, we'll do it. There he goes, Curtis Quillen. It is chilling with Quillen. Of course, uh, the Baylor Baylor baseball uh, opens big series tonight in Norman uh, at 630, and you can hear that on uh, ESPN Central Texas. 